Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Radio that makes you think. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. So we match strangers who um, disagree politically to put them face-to-face for 50 minutes. It's not to talk about politics. It's just to talk about your lives. Facilitators begin by asking the participants to read one another's biography out loud, as in this recent session in Richmond, Virginia. The project tries to match people who may be from different political parties but have something else in common. Hi. I grew up as an army brat and an evangelical Christian, surrounded by a very powerful ideology of conservatism, patriotism, and religion. I am a Baptist pastor and performance artist, a native Charlottesvillian, graduate of the University of Virginia and Union Theological Seminary in New York City. Participants are encouraged to focus on what they share. We're pastors and we're, we're, we're helping people to find their path and find their voice. Mm. Oh, Brenda, I love what you just said about helping people find their path because I feel such a connection there. So uh, I don't have to tell you that we're a polarized society, that the people are say, really dug in in their political beliefs and begin to stop talking to family members or friends if they disagree. David Isay said the same thing. He noticed that. So we created what you just heard, One Small Step. It's an offshoot of StoryCorps, and StoryCorps is a way of people to come in and tell their stories, their own personal stories. doesn't have to be on Entertainment Tonight, not something that might appear on Inside Edition or be featured on 60 Minutes, but so-called average everyday Americans telling their stories and putting it into the archives and letting them know that their story matters. David Isay is taking on this ambitious project, which is laudable. Uh, David, congratulations on getting 60 Minutes attention again. What? Uh, tell me about uh, what, how 60 Minutes got a hold of you and, and realized this project was something worth doing. Brian, hey, it's great to be on your show. Thanks. Yeah, 60 Minutes did a feature on One Small Step over the weekend. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think we, we launched about eight months ago. And uh, it's, it's, you know, as you said, we live, things are a little bit bonkers right now in this, in this country. Um, and, uh, you know, this isn't the country we want to leave for our kids, where we see our neighbors as our most dangerous enemies. And uh, given, given all that's going on, I think that they felt like there was a story there. And also, as you said, kind of the bigger story of StoryCorps, which is this uh, 18-year-old effort, um, as you said, just about us, just about regular people, where two people who love each other, you bring your grandmother to a booth and interview her about her life um, with the help of a facilitator. It's just audio. And that interview goes to the Library of Congress, so your great, 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 great grandkids can get to know your grandmother through her voice and story. Um, you know, it's the beauty and power, power and grace and poetry and the stories hiding in plain sight all around us when we take the time to listen. And you know, as as the polarization began to, uh, you know, like uh, uh, 
like a hockey stick, just go absolutely crazy. We thought, you know, we're, we're a nonprofit in the human connection business. Is there some way we could take the methodology we have of putting people together and uh, put strangers together and see if we can make a difference? And we tested it and tested it. You know, our Hippocratic oath is we do no harm to people. Um, so um, we spent a long time making sure that this was something that made a difference, and it does. And we've started now scaling this as well. And the dream is to convince the country it's our patriotic duty to see the humanity in people we disagree with. Right. So I mean, to be able like to talk, said, David. So you what you believe that, yeah. and uh, there's a, there's a theory behind this. You call it, it is called the contact theory that if people disagree. It's harder to disagree when you stare at each other face to face, and and put each other in each scene. Whether it's Russia, whether it's Russia and the U.S. or Russia and NATO, when you it's easy to sit there and and throw barbs at each other. But when you sit behind a table, uh, hopefully they could start seeing a little bit more of how the other side thinks. So how did you execute this for people that missed your 60 Minutes? How did you execute this project? Sure. And it's not just how the other side thinks. It's just reminding people that the other side are human beings um, because we've forgotten that. And when you bring up the Russian and Chinese, I mean, there are polls out that say that we hate our you know, our, our neighbors across the political divides and fear them more than we do our traditional international adversaries like the Russian and Chinese. So um, as you heard in that clip, the, the, the execution of this is pretty simple. You sign up. We have a website, takeonesmallstep.org, and you write, you, you write a bio, and um, you t- talk a little bit about your politics, and we match you with someone across the political divides. And as it said in the piece, usually there's something that you have in common with that person, though you don't know what it is. You get the bio of your partner, um, and as you heard in that clip, you when, when the interview starts, and all these are done now over um, – a special secure video connection um, that um, you know feels like you're there with the other person. It's um, a kind of a bespoke, easy to use uh, uh, video platform, and you read your partner's um, bio to them. They read it to you, and you talk not about politics, just about your lives. And at the end of these interviews, um, you know these are people. I mean, you you know this. It's like what what's life about except being surprised, right? You, you know, you realize someone who you might have thought was nuts is just like you. I mean, we have, there's so much more we share in common as a country than divides us. Uh, And at the end of every one of these interviews, they go on for 50 minutes. At the end of the interviews, every single one ends the same way. Like, let's take a walk together. You know, when the pandemic's over, I'm having you for dinner. Uh, uh, Let me have your phone number. And, you know, we just, like you said, it's when, when when we see each other face to face, we're reminded of the truth. And that truth is that you know, if we spent more time listening to each other and less time screaming, we'd be a much stronger country. So um, if I wanted to, if people listening right now want to participate, do you pair them up? Do they reach out yes. and apply with you? Yes. So um, we will pair you up. I mean, we have a waiting list now about ten, seven thousand people. Wow. Um, <laughs> but we're, get, we're, we're, we're working through it and we're staffing up and we're going to get through that. Um, so it may be a little bit of a wait, a couple of weeks. But, yeah, you just sign up and we pair you with someone. Um, and you don't meet them face to face. You just meet them online um, and you have this conversation. And, you know, it, it, we've we've had we've done about a thousand of these so far and not one of them has gone wrong. So but, but can mean, you tell me what's little... gone right? Can you tell me? What usually happens? Have you having some universal truths to what you've observed? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people when people talk when when people get on these on these um, conversations, it's very similar to a typical story core conversation, in that you know people are, people talk about you know who is kindest to you in your life, who are your parents. Um, people realize you know I'm thinking about an interview now. 
um, between a conservative guy and, and, and a liberal woman. And the conservative guy's father had um, been a photographer in World War II and uh, had liberated the camps. And he talked about when his father showed him the pictures of the camps when he was four years old. And the, and the woman says that her parents, you know, had survived the Holocaust, you know, and you go, you have a conversation like that and you b- begin to build some social capital, you know, so that when, when, you know, when we start, you know, doubting each other and fearing each other, you've got, you've got this kind of tunnel to someone across the divides that you can reach out to and remind yourself that, you know, this is America. We can do better than this. You know, are we going to, are we going to throw stones at each other or pick them up and build a better country together? Talking to David, I say uh, his his programs were featured on 60 Minutes again. This was the second time he did it, but he's trying to break ground and make a difference rather than sit back and say, man, the country's polarized. He's trying one, uh, two people at a time to change that uh, so people learn to talk to each other and hopefully it grows exponentially. So, David, just to fundamentally, can we go back to your first program uh, and that uh, the first program uh, is StoryCorps? Yes. And, so here's an example of StoryCorps. So what you do is get two people who are related or friends, and they talk to each other about their story. Um, here's an example, and this is a – just to set it up, these are two kids talking about their dad as a Vietnam veteran and has experienced uh, loss of memory. He served as a U.S. military pilot in World War II and Korea and Vietnam. Two of his children, Isabel and Juan Pablo Encinas, came to StoryCorps to remember him. When I was little, I remember him flying in in his fighter jet and us waiting for him on the tarmac and thinking, oh, my God, what a hero my father is. As he got older, he was diagnosed with dementia. But even at the end when he cognitively wasn't all there, he would hear a plane and just look up and stare at it in the sky. And you could tell that he just wanted to be up in that plane with every ounce of his being. Maybe he's listening to us somewhere up there. (laughs) I hope so. That story's great. You have pictures to go along with it. Where does yeah. it go? So we've had 600,000 people participate in StoryCorps. Um, and a few of them are edited into these little three-minute segments that we make animations out of. You can find it at StoryCorps, S-T-O-R-Y-C-O-R-P-S dot org. Um, uh, all of the interviews go to the Library of Congress. Uh, and again, I mean – this is, as you said at the beginning, it, it, you know, when you when you sit with your grandparent and you ask them who they are, you know, how do they want to be remembered? It reminds them that they matter and they won't be forgotten. Every interview goes to the Library of Congress, you know. So, you know, we know that um, that you know all the people around us, our grandparents, they deserve to be part of American history. But you know, a lot of people feel in this country like their stories don't matter, and that's that's part of what StoryCorps is saying that. Every story matters equally and infinitely, and we got to listen to each other. And, you know, those stories, as you know, that aren't the famous people on entertainment, you know, tonight or whatever, those are the stories that really matter. And those are the stories that stick with us for the rest of our lives. So that's what we're trying to do. It's, you know, tilting at windmills. It's a bit of a difficult effort given the culture, but um, we believe in it with every cell in our body, and we're going to keep fighting this fight until we win. You know, what's interesting is that I've had a chance to travel, and most of Fox viewers and listeners are outside New York. So we're located in New York, yep. New York City. So I probably, over the last, between my book tour from November to January, I probably met 5,000 people. And there's, no one could care less about the subway system in New York or who the mayor is. They're talking about their yep. own lives, their own things, and as it relates to them. And I find it 
all fascinating. I, I find them as interesting, if not the secretaries of states I get a chance to talk to on a regular basis. And I just love the fact that instead of me just th- – I talk about it. You actually did it. So credit to you. And this is another example of what's on uh, StoryCorps. Listen to this. Are you proud of me? Of course. You're my man. I, I just love everything about you, period. The thing I love about you, you never give up on me. That's one of the things I will always remember by my dad. So a father and son talking about each other at that age, at that time. And you're starting yep, to Jackson, animate them, I understand, too, so people get a visual. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, yes. And you can you can um, you can watch these things again uh, at our website. There's hundreds of animations. There's thousands of stories to listen to and hundreds of thousands of stories at the Library of Congress. And, you know, what, what you said, as you said, traveling around is, is, is exactly right, um, that that, you know, that our stories are, you know, it's, it's also I, I know you, you write fantastic history books. You know, that w- history is so often told through, you know, states, people and politicians and and, you know, hearing history through our voices, through our stories has, you know, something really powerful to add to that to that story, um, a bottom up kind of history of, of who we are. Well, you brought that up, too, because one of the main things that attracted me to the last project is Frederick Douglass uh, wrote his own biography um, and then he updated it three times. So it just wipes yep. out the analysis and the opinion part yep. of it. So you get them firsthand, and then the other people write around it. I was like, that's all I need. So that's to exactly me, right. yeah, that's, that's what exactly. you're doing. And, and, I, and I, I, just one other, one other thing, which is that – and the other lesson I'm sure you learned from going around on your book tour, we have facilitators who travel around like recording these stories, listening to people, um, whether it's regular story core, one small step. And we've had hundreds of them who serve a tour of duty with us. Again, we're a nonprofit. You know, bearing witness to these interviews and every single one of them, when they come off the road, if you ask them what they learn, they give a version of the Anne Frank quote that people are basically good. And you could say that maybe it was there was some kind of a selection bias when we did tens or hundreds or thousands of interviews. But when you're in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands, there's a truth to it. I mean, as Americans, we are basically good and we've forgotten that. And we have to remember that for the future of our democracy, because a democracy cannot survive in a swamp of mutual contempt. How do you survive with these programs? I know you don't say it's nonprofit. Do people sponsor you? Yeah. So we, um, I spend my, we, we, we raise money from donors. And um, uh, and we work very, very, very hard, as you know, uh, people do in the nonprofit sector and we and we make it work. Um, uh, We have we have corporate sponsors. We have individual donors. We have uh, foundations on the left and right. And I think, you know, people are are aware that, you know, this this what's called toxic polarization in the country. And this is not about arguing with each other. Arguing with each other is completely healthy. It's what a democracy is all about. It's when we Stop seeing the humanity in each other, that things get really out of whack. Um, it's called affective polarization. And, you know, we know what happens with affective polarization. The, in, in Nazi Germany, the, um, the um, Nazis used to call the Jews untermenschen, less than human. When we start to see each other than, as less than human, you enter a very, very dangerous territory. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but that's where we're going in this country. Uh, and with one small step, that's what we're fighting against with every breath in our body. Because um, because our country won't be able to hold if um, if we cannot see the humanity in one another. Understood. Real quick, how do you feel if uh, like an AOC and Jim Jordan sat down? Do you think that would be something not only get attention to your program but would help? Probably not. 
Um, unfortunately, I, I mean, it's a good idea, um, but people have preconceived notions about a Jim Jordan and AOC. So they already hate AOC or they already hate Jim Jordan. When you've got everyday people sitting down, you don't know these people. So you haven't turned them off yet in your in your mind. If, does that make sense? Brian, do you know what I mean? I understand. So, um, I mean, we are going to do stuff in Washington, D.C., but I think what we're going to do is do it behind closed doors so these folks can get to know each other as human beings but not release it. Uh, because the the environment, especially on Twitter, is so toxic that um, I'm I'm not sure that it'll that it'll help in the cause of just you know so, shifting social norms. You know, at one point, you know, it's not a perfect analogy, but smoking was cool and sexy, and then it wasn't. You know, and right now, treating each other like garbage, um, and you know, treating each other without humanity is cool and sexy. And you know, what we have to do is make it so it's it garbage. isn't anymore. It's not yeah. okay. It's not I, okay. I hear you, uh, David. Thanks so much for what you do. You deserve tremendous credit. You can follow him at Dave Isay. That's Dave I-S-A-Y. Dave, thank you. Brian, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the yeah. time. Two programs, well. One Small Step and uh, StoryCorps. You listen to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Back with you in just a moment. I want to hear your story. Educating. Entertaining. Enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The Fox News Rundown. A contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.